What image comes to your mind when you think of the word humility? See, for me, what comes to my mind is this grand, big cosmic universe that we're living in and the thing, <laughs> and just how a speck of dust my life is in comparison to all of it. And so I think about that. I'm like, how in the world can I afford to be arrogant when I'm just like a little bit of speck of dust? It helps me be humble. Matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 3 says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In this episode, we are going to explore the phrase, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I encourage you to listen to episodes uh, 51 and 52 to understand the backdrop of the series uh it would definitely be beneficial trust me so before we honed our framework for what it means when christ says blessed blessed in these beatitudes is every much about the relationship one will experience with god as it is about the virtues listed in the beatitudes so let's just get right into this what does poor in spirit mean Poor comes from the Greek word tohas, uh, which means destitute of wealth, influence, position, honor. It's powerless to accomplish an end. It means you are lacking. And the word spirit comes from the Greek word pneuma, meaning the power by which humans feel, think, and decide. It is the disposition or the influence which feels and governs the soul. So if we take those two meanings, uh, we get that the poor in spirit they realize that they are destitute and they need to be filled with something. They understand that something is missing in their life. They understand that they are they have a lack of something. And and this can be great because it causes one to have a disposition to receive something, because if you are already filled with something, you are not lacking and you don't need to really receive anything else. Or how can you be filled if you don't, if you're not honest with yourself about the lack that you do have. So the poor in spirit realize that they, that there's a lack that they have, that they are lacking something spiritually. And with the disciples, I could see how this message will resonate because, you know, we're talking about something that we're talking about someone who is lacking something. And within our context for decades, centuries even, uh, they were consistently yearning for freedom, a liberator or savior to come. They were under direct Roman governance and oppression by this empire. So there was there could have been that lack of hope or a lack of freedom, even a lack of living living needs. You know, uh, some were poor. There could have been lack of food and resources, tools or jobs, you know. So Jesus comes on the scene and he understands his purpose and coming. Uh, in Luke chapter four, verse 18 through 21, Christ Jesus, he quotes from Isaiah 61 and he tells the people, he says, this scripture, this passage that I'm quoting to you today has been fulfilled, meaning I am the one who Isaiah prophesied about. And the scripture that he quoted from Isaiah 61 verses one says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and qualified me to preach the gospel of good tidings to the poor. 
Now, it's interesting because here the word poor in this instance refers to those who are humble, lowly and meek. So the question that comes to my mind is when Jesus says poor in spirit, is he talking about physically poor, like like naturally poor uh, or is he talking about humility, meekness? I think that the context of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter five about the poor in spirit is referring to those who have a heart of humility, to those who are meek and lowly. And I say that because Jesus quotes directly from Isaiah uh, to tell us that this is my mission and coming. And so his framework is under his his understanding of even Isaiah. Uh, when Isaiah speaks of the poor, uh, it talks of, he's, uh, it talks about humility. It talks about those who are humble in spirit. So even with if we look at Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, it says, for thus says the high and the exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy. I, God, dwell on a high and holy place and with the contrite and the lowly of spirit, the humble in spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite. So Christ Jesus, speaking from Isaiah, would have had that understanding of the poor in spirit, referring to those who are meek or humble. Therefore, the poor in spirit, the humble, are blessed because God dwells with them. It's about humility, but even more so, it's about God's presence being with those who are humble. Now, what about those who are poor and oppressed physically? Like uh, we get the humble in spirit. We get the, the, the virtue of humility. But what about those who are, who are poor and oppressed physically? Um, see, the message of Jesus Christ is good news for salvation eternally. But what about now? Did his message also affect the present day reality? I would say yes. The message that Jesus brings demands justice. In Luke chapter 12, verse 33, it encouraged us to give to the needy. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus says that when we do for the least of people, we do it also for him. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17 says, those who are generous to the poor lend also to the Lord. So when Jesus was talking to his audience, he didn't dismiss their current affliction. He didn't dismiss their current situation. He empathized with them. He had compassion on them and he helped them whenever he could. I love this quote from Statson from uh, the, uh, the book uh, Kingdom Ethics. It says followers of Jesus participate in God's reign by humbling themselves before God, giving themselves over to God and depending on God's deliverance and following God and caring for the poor and the oppressed. See, I think that quote sums up how we are to look at these Beatitudes. Typically, when we read the Beatitudes, we stop at the virtues that we ought to have. So in this case, it would be humility, aka being poor in spirit. So we'll look at it, we're like, okay, this passage is about humility, and we'll stop there. See, we'll stop there and we won't think comprehensively 360 about how even having a humble heart also ought to play out externally to our surroundings and to our society, our community. See, we miss out on God's redeeming work, both spiritually and physically, when we don't continue to engage the text to see how it comprehensively affects not just us, but others around us. It's participating with God for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven, including justice, including helping the needy. So in summary, the poor in spirit is about humility. Yes, it's about also giving one's life to God and participating with God and caring 
for others, caring for the needy, caring for the poor. Because the default of a submitted life to Christ is following his actions, which always include helping the poor. So next time when you read poor in spirit, yes, it is talking about you individually having a humble spirit, but it's also from that humble spirit, thinking of those who are afflicted, oppressed, poor, and helping out in that in that manner. And then more importantly, it's about having a relationship with God, giving yourself over to God so that you can participate with God in his redeeming work that he wants to do here on earth. I pray that in some way this would have resonated with you and even challenge you that when we continue to look at the Beatitudes, when we continue to look through scripture, that we would look at it through a comprehensive lens. Yes, scripture, when you read it, it should highlight the things that's in your heart. The words of Christ should truly like do a number in you. And even furthermore, as God does the work in you, it's not just for you. It's also for the, your community and those around you. So with that said, thank you for listening. Uh, this is Refine and Refresh. I'm Ralph Joseph Monroe III. And as always, continue to fight the good fight of faith. Continue to fight to be in God's word, reading the scriptures, and just continue to fight to be in the presence of God. Love you all. Peace.